News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. In March 2019, Nisha Connolly Ryan's husband, Mick Ryan, was among 157 people who died when a Boeing 737 MAX aircraft crashed in Ethiopia. Nisha has written to President Joe Biden looking to have six minutes of his time to talk about the events surrounding her husband's death and the legal battle that has ensued with Boeing. Uh, Nisha, thank you indeed for talking to us. Can you tell me the significance of asking specifically for six minutes of the president's time? Good morning, Shane, and thank you very much for uh, talking to me this morning. Um, Yeah, six minutes is very significant for all the families because this is the time it took for the Boeing MAX plane from takeoff before it crashed into uh, the ground in Addis Ababa. So, you know, um, it's quite significant that I really was only asking for six minutes of President Biden's time. And I felt that in within this time frame, I could introduce myself, introduce Mick and the person he was and the difference he made in the world and, and, and our ongoing battle for justice. And and to ask for his support, so um, you know that that was really my 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 plan. Uh, and be- yeah. before we speak about that battle for justice, uh, just uh, tell us a little bit about your husband, Mick. He, I, I remember, I remember the tragedy of his passing. He was a pretty extraordinary fella. Um, Mick was absolutely dedicated to the work he did, but he was also a dedicated family man. Uh, he was an incredible husband and father, and um, you know, we had two young children together. They're, they're now uh, seven and four, um, and he just idolised the ground he walk, they walked on. But he was the the deputy chief engineer for the United Nations World Food Programme. He had travelled to a lot of dangerous countries in the world, places that, you know, that were war-torn or had civil unrest, um, places where there had been an outbreak of Ebola. He built hospitals in these places, places that nobody else, you know, you wouldn't go there. Um, and and he would he would go there voluntarily. He would say, you know, I, I can go there, I can make a difference. And when he did, uh, he really believed that engineering was at the heart of the solution to whatever problem he was dealing with, he he felt infrastructure and, you know, this was really kind of uh, at the ground roots of, of making the first step towards making people's lives better and then to be able to deliver aid. Um, so he he really was extraordinary in, in terms of uh, the work he did, the work he was committed to and, and the places he had been to. Absolutely. Um, uh, and when... We heard as outsiders and we heard about the, the awful news of the plane crash. We we obviously realized it was a, a, a personal uh, tragedy for uh, for for your family. I suppose what we didn't realize is that that it, it, there was a lot more to this story. And this wasn't just a a, a random uh, plane accident. Tell us more about that and your and your quest for justice. Yeah, well, I, I mean, what this really goes back to, plain and simply, is, is corporate greed. This was about Boeing trying to um, get a plane certified under an old design that they didn't have to go through a whole new design process and spend, you know, billions of dollars on a new plane. And in doing so, to get past the certification, they had to 
um, pass certain tests. And to pass these tests, uh, they needed this system called MCAS. Um, and they, they hid this from, from the FAA, which was the regulating regulating body, because if the FAA had known about it, they would have said, well, OK, you need to provide more pilot training, which would again cost more money. And there would have been delays. And, and they were in a um, they were in a trade war with Airbus because uh, Airbus had just released their, their own plane of a similar type. And, uh, you know, they really wanted to um, get up there with, with, with Airbus and, and get the deliveries and make as much money as they could. Uh, so so they 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 were deceptive. They were they were corrupt. They were they um, they defrauded the government. And in doing so, um, they knew what they were doing and they 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 also only provided one sensor. So on planes, you have redundancies um, so that if something goes wrong, there's something else that can pick it up. But on these planes, they only provided one thing. So if anything went wrong and MCAS picked in, that was it. Uh, they, after the first crash, uh, when 100 and I think it was 89 people were killed, uh, they knew about they knew what caused the crash. They knew what was wrong. They knew they had deceived the, the government and they continued with a, co- a cover up and they got away with it until the second crash. Um, but again, it, it, it took a few months for the initial findings to come to come out. Um, but it was probably pretty clear within the first week or two that there was there was similarities between the first crash and the second yeah. crash. You have won some victories uh, at uh, in the U.S. courts. Just, just briefly tell us, uh, the U.S. courts have been, uh, district court in particular, has been very critical of Boeing and their behaviour over this. Yeah, I mean, very critical is even putting it lightly. He's, he's come out in the strongest possible uh, terms, Judge Reed O'Connor, and said this is probably the um, deadliest case of corporate crime in the history of the US. They are extremely strong words. Uh, we won our, our case for uh, to be acknowledged as crime vic- victims, which the Department of Justice in the US were they weren't acknowledging us as crime victims. They were saying, "Oh, you're not crime victims. The the victims is the government. You're you're not you're not the the people on the plane were not victims. Where the the government is the victim. So, um, we we had we basically had to go to court and prove that we were crime victims, which we won last year, last October, and that forced the Department of Justice then to to um, meet with us. But under the Crime Victims Rights Act, they were supposed to meet and confer with us before coming up with any agreement with a uh, defendant in, in, in a criminal case. But in this particular case, they had already formed their agreement. So when they met with us, they only met with us. They never conferred with us, which actually violates this act. So now we're taking this um, to the appeals court uh, and, and we're trying to get this DPA struck out. What do you want from if if you could get to speak to Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, for six minutes? What would you ask him to do? Well, ultimately, we need his support. We need his support because he his appointed Attorney General Merrick Garland, uh, who is very familiar with working with victims' rights, particularly for instance in the Oklahoma City bombing, he was the lead prosecutor there. And he is the the attorney general at the moment, and we need their support to help us 
to remove a sealing order that Boeing got on our civil cases. So it's it was the discovery process in our civil cases that they have the courts um, very early on in, it was around 2019, they got this sealing order so that no information that came out from the civil cases could be passed on to anybody else. It, it, it can't even be passed on to the, to the Department of Justice. So despite the fact that last year, in November, when we met with the Department of Justice, they said, if you have any new information, come forward with us, share it, share it with us. Uh, we're prevented from doing so because of this sealing order. It, it's also called a gag order. Um, and it, it's actually highly unusual that Boeing should have been granted the sealing order because it's usually reserved for cases where there is security concerns. So, Anisha, sorry to cut across you. If... It, it, you want these changes because ultimately you're looking for accountability. You want people held to account for for this deadliest corporate crime, as as uh, uh, Judge Reed O'Connor called it. Exactly. So we're looking for accountability, and we basically need uh, President Biden's help um, to get accountability, to get transparency, because at the moment uh, there is none. This deferred prosecution agreement actually gives immunity to the the, the CEOs of Boeing. So, you know, not only are we trying to um, fight this battle in court to get this DPA torn up um, and, and to, to have our rights acknowledged, we also want to submit new evidence to the Department of Justice to prove that the, the CEOs uh, were aware that these, these planes uh, had problems before the crashes. So until we, we get that, um, you know, but, but it, but, with President Biden's help and support, we have a chance to have accountability and justice in our case. Finally, Nisha, I, I get a sense just in the few minutes we've been talking, I get a sense from you that you have no intention of letting this lie. Absolutely not. No way. Um, no. Boeing, Boeing are, are corporate criminals. They killed 346 people. If this was a someone walking the streets, they wouldn't get away with this. So why should why should these CEOs in Boeing? Why should they be given immunity? And why should they get away with this? No, we the families are unified in our commitment to to justice. Nisha Connolly Ryan, thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast this morning. Thanks a million, Chief. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.